and welcome to the Fantasy Loners League podcast. As always, this is your host, Wolfman27, and the trade deadline is fast approaching. That's right, just a few days after this podcast airs, the trade deadline for the 2020 season will pass and trades will cease to exist until the offseason. So make sure to get those last second trades for keepers or playoff winners while you still can. We had a whole slew of trades already come through in the last week, but we'll get to those later on. First things first, we need to announce our weekly challenge winner. This week's challenge was Bullseye, the team closest to the sleeper's projected point total over or under wins this challenge. The winner this week was Fisher Sports. Now trust me, I'm just as upset as you are to announce Fisher Sports as a winner of anything. But his team scored 123.06 points compared to his sleeper projected total of 123.60. Honestly, it's pretty impressive. But even an impressive feat like that wasn't enough to take on the point storm Aaron T4 rained down on him last week, scoring the week high point total of 143.72. That moved his team to 4-5 on the season and Fisher down to 5-4 to make an already tight playoff race even tighter. And although Aaron T4 had the highest score of the week, he still ended up being the worst manager of the week. And as we all know, that title comes along with a brand new set of power rankings. This week, the power rankings were determined by the total wins of each player in the NFL through week nine. Wins were not removed for players on the same team. Only starting and bench players were included in these rankings, so IR player wins were not counted. I will also say that Diego sent these to me at 3.30 central time on Thursday, so I'm not certain how up to date these are with some of the trades that were flying around, but he did state he has pictures and the math he can share in the chat as proof if need be. So without further ado, here are the week 9 power rankings. Number 12, J.M. Pincus. Our poor ladder trainer drew the short end of the stick in this one as his players only have a combined 47 NFL wins. At number 11, Fisher Sports. Finally at the bottom of the rankings, Fisher Sports only has 53 total NFL wins on his fantasy team. At number 10 is Wolfman27. Completing the trifecta of everyone that will appear on this week's podcast episode, I have the third least amount of NFL wins on my team with 58. At number 9, we have Adam Jeffrey, 86. Although our friend from Missouri sits towards the top of the Loner League standings, his players only have combined for 59 NFL wins, landing him in the basement of these rankings. At number 8, we have Aaron T. 4. Our very own narrator finds himself at number 8 with only 62 NFL wins on his team. At number 7, we have No Sleep Tonight. It may just be in the middle of the pack, but I'm sure No Sleep is happy to hear he's not at the bottom of the rankings for once as his team has accumulated 63 NFL wins. At number 6, we have Jambrosa taking this spot with 68 total NFL wins and he was just edged out by our number 5 team, which was Jmart05, snagging the spot with a very, very nice 69 NFL wins. Congrats, Jmart. The first spot in our top 4 is the soothing-voiced Phonet at 77 wins, and number 3 barely beat him out with 78 wins, 
that was Koi's 302. And then <laughs> number two beat him out with 79 wins, and that went to JDGG. So that means that only one team in the league managed to break 80 total NFL wins, and that title goes to number one in our rankings this week, Sibley the Best, with a combined 82 NFL wins on his team. It turns out having all of those Saints players on one team would pay off for something after all. Thanks to Aaron T4 for putting these rankings together, and as always, I appreciate the time you all put into getting these submitted to me each week. Now, before I bring on our guests for this week, I want to run through the big waiver pickups of the week. This is going to go pretty fast as there really isn't too much out there on waivers right now. The top two bids were actually mine. I snagged Duke Johnson for $16 and Jared Goff for $10. With David Johnson sidelined, Duke will help fill in a starting role in a pinch, and Goff is a great matchup against the Seahawks this week. The two transactions end up leaving me with just $1 fab left to my name, but it will all be worth it if it can lead me to a victory over Fisher Sports this week. Other than that, there really wasn't much to speak of on waivers outside of defense, kicker, and tight end streamers here or there. Aaron T4 did end up snagging Damian Williams for $0 as a potential keeper for next year, though. Where all the real action took place this week was in trades. We had six or seven total trades last week most involving some combination of myself, J.M. Pincus, or the tradesman himself. So who better to bring on as guests for the Trade Deadline podcast than our most active traders in the league? Now, we did have some technical difficulties while recording, but I did my best to overcome that when editing the audio. I hope you all enjoy, and have a happy Trade Deadline. And with me today, we have the one, the only, tradesman, the reigning champion of the Fantasy Loners League from 2019 and the most frequent winner of our power rankings this season and most brought up on the podcast, it is Fisher Sports himself. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Um, finally got back into uh, kind of my my groove here this last week. Um, I was, you know, this league's so tough, man. When Once you once you win a year, it's like you, you're not allowed to have any fun anymore. So, um Finally got got back into my groove this week, and I'm excited to talk about it. Excited to be back on here. Um, and uh, you guys are so used to talking about me, but now you get to talk with me uh, for the first time this season. So I'm excited to be here. Well, we're glad to have you back. And you definitely did get back in the swing of things after everyone was kind of just rejecting all of your offers of Devontae Parker, Jerry, Judy, etc. And you did actually were able to move them, but we'll get to that later because we have another guest with us here for the trade deadline, and that's J.M. Pincus, otherwise known as just Jeff. How are you doing, Jeff? I'm doing all right. Avoided ladders today, so that's key. That's good. That's good. I don't want you falling or climbing too high or anything before the important trade deadline podcast. Right? That'd be tragic. 40-foot drop. Bye-bye, Pincus. (laughs) (laughs) Well, at least you got all your trades in before it happened, right? I'm hoping I got a couple more. But, I mean, you, you never know. People still might be time. Yeah, we yeah. still got a few more days. The trade deadline is after all the Week 10 games complete, so probably Monday night. I remember from last season, any, like, outstanding offers seem to still be pending, but I don't think Sleeper allowed you to actually accept them. So that's kind of a PSA. Just make sure you everyone get their trades done before the Monday night games are done and because uh, then you won't be able to afterwards. But uh, we had a ton of trades this past week. 
and every single one involved us. I don't know if you guys realize that every one of our trades had one of us involved or two of us. That's the way it should be. Every single trade that happens in this league should have me involved with it. That's kind of my, my MO. Well, Jeff's been giving you a run for his money because uh, <laughs> he was in a lot of the trades that took place, uh, most of them. And I actually pulled them up here. We're just going to start. I want to go right into those because we have a lot of them to cover. And we're just going to go right in order, which means we're going to start with the most boring one. Kind of alluded to it earlier. Uh, I traded Fisher $6 fab for Jerry Judy. And it actually worked out in my favor. It was just like a free agency pickup. Calvin Ridley was out and I needed to start against Jambrosa. Jerry Judy, Judy ended up being one of my best guys on the week. So it was well worth every dollar. Yep. I, uh, I, I was going to drop him cause I wanted to Melvin or sorry, Mark Ingram, um, got dropped and I, I had no, uh, bench running backs at all. So I was like, well, I'm going to, I'll pick him up and, um, and I was just going to drop Jerry Judy, but I figured I could, I could get at least my, uh, my waiver fab back, um, before, or just by trading him away and then, and then using that money to, uh, to pick up my guy. And so that's what I ended up doing. Um, but it left me being compared to Adam Gase. So I'm really having second thoughts about that one, but we're, we're, it's okay. We're good. We're good. Yeah. To bring it in for the people that might've missed that comment. Um, I said in chat that I was hoping you were the Adam Gase of the league so that any player that leaves your team ends up performing well afterwards because it already happened. It was just a one week sample, but it happened with Jerry Judy. So I'm hoping the same happens for other players we'll get to in a bit, but the evil part of this offer was you were offering him for fab just straight up. And I knew that Jeff was interested. And I also knew that Jeff only had $5 fab because, because I just gave him it for Tony Pollard last week. So that's why I offered out $6 and you, you noticed right away. You said, Oh, that's an evil number, but I had to bring it up. Cause I didn't know if Jeff realized that or not. No, I had no idea. I wasn't really trying to buy uh, Judy at that time. I was more just kind of concerned with making those trades last week so I can try to make a uh, run. And then Justin Jackson decided he was just going to shit the bed on like the second play of the game. Yeah, that was a rough week for you last week. And, uh, <laughs> that was just awful. with how tight the standings are, we have so many teams at four and five and at five and four that you at three and six dropped you all the way down to 11th place. So you could just as easily come back in. But at the same time, I can't blame me for wanting to just get all the keepers you can before the deadline. Yeah, I mean, I think it was Fisher that brought it up with uh, just trying to grab keepers for next year. And I was like, if this trade completely backfires on me, I got to like completely flip the gears because at that point, I'm going to be in 11th place, three and six. We're going to have all these, what, uh, four and five teams. And then I need to go ahead and I need to win pretty much the rest of the season. And my luck this season and all of my leagues has just been whoever I really like just seems to get injured. So I was like, you know what? We're just going to sell it off. Keepers are great for next year. Hopefully COVID's gone. Hopefully, man. Because <laughs> it has been tough to navigate this season. And it seems like the NFL is not caring as much. They're just saying, yeah, these guys are out for this game, but we're still going to not reschedule it because that's been way too difficult to do. But speaking of trying to just win now, I am facing Fisher this week, and I wanted to give my best shot to get Devontae Adams. So I may have overpaid a little bit here, but once I realized the situation of our matchup, I had to immediately accept. So the next trade was 
me receiving Devontae Adams, Melvin Gordon, and Devontae Parker in exchange for Ezekiel Elliott, Calvin Ridley, Justin Jefferson, and Tony Pollard. So originally, I did not want to give up Justin Jefferson, and I also didn't want Devontae Parker, but this is the counter that Fisher came up with. And when realizing that uh, the Cowboys don't play this week because of a bye, and neither does Calvin Ridley because of a bye, I thought this could swing, swing things in my favor so I could actually pull out the win in this matchup and maybe climb back into the playoff race as a start. And uh, I did give up a lot of keeper value for it. Uh, in my team here, Devontae Adams is a first-round keeper. Melvin Gordon's a second. That's not happening. Devontae Parker's a third. That's probably not happening. And uh, Justin Jefferson was a tenth. Calvin Ridley in the third is pretty good value, and Zeke is a first. Isn't bad either. So – after bragging last week about how many keepers I had, I traded about half of them in this trade and ended up going on to trade some more later on too. But I want to hear Fisher's side of things on this. And then after that, hear what Jeff thought from third party perspective. Yeah. Um, so, so my, my <laughs> thoughts on this, I can't believe you got me to, to trade Devonte Adams. I 100% uh, did not expect that, but you, you've just been talking about trading for him, trading for him, trading for him. And I was kind of at a point where I, I've got Christian McCaffrey, who was coming back off of injury, and I have Devontae Adams. And I'm like, okay, I can get probably like – I can rely on close to 30 points per game from each of these guys. But then the rest of my team just was so up in the air every week. So I would either be – you know, I'd get 60 points from them every single week, but I'd either finish the week with 140 points or I'd finish with 70 and I was like, I need to just kind of diversify a little bit. And um, so I figured I was like, well, the, the guy that will give me the most for Devontae Adams is, uh, is you, Dan. So um, I kind of kind of made an exclusive almost challenge to you. And when I said that, I was like, well, I was like, if he offers me Zeke, Calvin Ridley and Justin Jefferson, which I, I don't think he'll do. I was like, then I'll, I'll probably have to do it. But other than that, like, there's no way. And, um, and I, I forget what you, um, offered me. Maybe you said that I've been having some, uh, some technical difficulties here, but, um, but then I basically changed it to here. I'll give you Devonte Parker along with Adams and Gordon. Uh, you give me Justin Jefferson and, and, and we'll get it done. And, and it was basically a hard no from you until I think you realized that we played each other and then you went ahead and did it. So, um, I'm excited. My team now I've, I've got McCaffrey and Zeke and if they can both, you know, stay healthy going into the playoffs. I love that. Um, Ridley from Adams is definitely a step down, but it's still a solid wide receiver one. And I kind of diversify and spread out my points a little bit more on my team and uh, hope that I can make a playoff run. So, yeah. So just to clarify, since you did cut out, um, no, you didn't cut out just now, but when I was talking, you missed it. The, um, the only change you made was adding in Devonte Parker and Justin Jefferson. My original offer was did include two of the guys you're thinking of Zeke and Calvin Ridley. And uh, you just wanted to get that extra push of getting Justin Jefferson. And that's where I was starting to get iffy, but as you said, made it happen anyways. And I thought, you know, what's the worst that can happen? I lose and just lost a bunch of keeper value, but whatever. At least I have a good <laughs> shot at beating Fisher this week, and that's all that counts. <laughs> there you so, go, and you definitely do. I'm I'm struggling <laughs> to put a lineup out this week, but uh, getting Justin Jefferson <laughs> was a was a big uh, thing for me, just because, as you all know, I've been trying to get rid of Devonte Parker for weeks now, and 
no, absolutely nobody wants him. And he's a solid enough wide receiver where I was never going to cut him, but it's just tough to really, I, I was trying to make more trades and, and Justin Jefferson felt like somebody that I could flip a lot easier than Devonte Parker and ended up being the case. And we'll get into that later, but um, I'll let Jeff go ahead and say what he thinks about this trade. Um, no, I mean, it was overall, it was a good trade because I understand where it's coming from. It's not like it's one of those trades where it's like, Oh, like I can't believe he overpaid for that. He overpaid for, or Dan, you overpaid for it because you're a Packers fan. I mean, like Devontae <laughs> Adams, your boy. He is. So I mean, like I can completely understand that. And when you look at it, like from a step back, it's really not that bad of a trade. I mean, because you got to think about it. It's not like we're trading Zeke here. Like Dak Prescott's his quarterback. Everything's firing on all cylinders. We're trading Zeke, and we really don't even know who his quarterback is. So. Or his offensive line, for that matter. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, I mean, if you kind of, like, step that back, it was, uh, what, Justin Jefferson and Calvin Ridley for, uh, what, Devontae Parker. Um, uh, sorry, Melvin I Gordon. I got Melvin, Melvin Gordon, Gordon and uh, Adams. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, at the end of the day, there, it's like, it's a tough one to kind of be like, all right, well, who clearly won that? Because, again, you, you got to – you can't think of Zeke as, like, Zeke. You have to think of, like – a running back on the Cowboys. And then you, when you look at it that way, kind of, it's, re- it's really a fair trade. It's not too bad. It's not. As long as Zeke gets me more than two points per game, it'll be an upgrade from what I had. But the only thing I that. will say is my concern, because I definitely was interested in Gordon at one point, is if and when he gets a suspension. So <laughs> that's bizarre, isn't it? The DUI, you've seen it in the past. Plenty of play- players have gotten the suspension for a DUI. And with Gordon, it seems like it was just kind of brushed under the rug. So that, that is really odd. Yeah, I mean, like, uh, there was a couple of times where I was, like, looking at offers because, like, Fish keeps thinking that, like, oh, Jeff's not going to trade with me. I'm like, all right, so how could I swing a trade? I kept, like, putting Gordon in there. I'm like, eh, I don't know if I really trust that he's going to make it through the season. Yeah, it's where I was coming from is I just didn't want to destroy my running back depth too much. And with Fisher, it's such a steep drop-off from CMC. It's literally Gordon after that. And Mostert on IR, but he's still on IR even this week. And with Shanahan, you never know who's actually going to be running back there. So that's why I just settled on Gordon. Like, he's fine to play in a pinch. And uh, he's still going to see play every week, even if he's not anything exciting or flashy. So I was overall okay with it. And like you were saying with Zeke, I mean, these past few weeks, he hasn't been able to break 10 points. Um, We'll see if he can now when they get Dalton back. Maybe that helps him out a little bit. I can't imagine he's going to go like that the rest of the season, but with how bad the Cowboys have been, who knows? It could be a possibility. But uh, let's move on to the next one here because the next two trades happened at the same exact time. And uh, I guess before I go into it, I want to get some background on that because Jeff was wheeling and dealing behind the scenes for a couple nights, and he was just teasing everyone in chat, saying there's trades coming soon. Oh, wow, this is such a good market. Kept, like, just teasing us that something was coming. And then all of a sudden, in the middle of the day, we see two trades process immediately. So I just want to hear the background story on that from Jeff. So, mean, so I was looking at it, and that Zach Moss trade came through that, uh, I think it was, what, Aaron or J-Mart they had posted and I was looking at Zach Moss. I'm like, how can I make a trade for a good keeper? And I was like looking at Moss thinking, all right, I think he was like a seventh round or a sixth round or something like that. I'm like, at the end of the day, he's, that's not going to be too bad. So I'm like, how can I make this trade? So then I look at uh, your lineup and I see that you're playing fish. And I'm like, hmm, 
how can I kind of stick it to Fisher a little bit right here and make <laughs> make Wolf's team a little bit better? And um, then that's where I kind of came with – who was it? Um, David Johnson. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll read our trade yeah. here then since we're talking about that. And it's funny because Zach Moss actually ended up, after a bunch of counters, he ended up not being involved. So the final one ended up being uh, I got Keenan Allen, David Johnson, and Noah Fant. And I gave you T. Higgins, Jonathan Taylor, and Jerry Judy. So, like, the other half of my keepers that I had. T. Higgins can be kept for a tenth. Jonathan Taylor can be kept for a second. Jerry Judy can be kept for a seventh. Yeah, like I, like I said, at first I was looking at him like, oh, Zach Moss, that'd be a really cool way to kind of throw that in. And then we were kind of, like, going back and forth, trying, like, playing with, like, little different pieces. And I will say the most reluctant piece that I wanted to move was Fant. I kept trying to send you a counter with uh, Hurst in there instead of Fant. And you kept throwing it back into Fant. I was like, come on. I was like, I did not want Hayden Hurst at all. I <laughs> want to know Fant. And I had to make that clear. I stood my ground, even though yeah. I know I had to give up Taylor. I mean, we all know how frustrating Taylor's been. The thing is, I think they'll still give him a shot going into the later part of the season. And they do have a pretty good schedule for the running game. I just, It's just hard to trust him right now. Uh, but if he – so there is a chance he could break out, in which case him for a second, if he does fall out the rest of the year, would be really good value. So hard to part with that, but at the same time, it's kind of saving myself from starting him and having him bomb in my lineup. So I'm just kind of glad to not have to deal with that choice. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. Um, really kind of what got me with Taylor as opposed to uh, Moss is Taylor's in a more uh, situated backfield. He has a pretty – he has a decent offensive line. Um, he's got Phil Rivers as his quarterback, which, I mean, I don't know if that's a blessing or a curse. Curse, uh, definitely. Always a curse. <laughs> True. Um, so, and then I looked at it, the rest of his schedule, and he has a pretty good strength of schedule. And I was like, you know what? I'd rather have him over Moss. And that's kind of how we kind of uh, got that deal done so quickly afterward. But then I was looking at it, and I forgot what, what was the trade with Fisher. It was like Watson and um, – Watson, I so I can go ahead and read that one. It was um, I, I got Watson and Cooper, and I gave you Jefferson, Shepard, and Burrow. Yeah, so then I was looking at it and like, all right, well, I mean, Watson's really not going to do me any good, and Watson's going to be a lot more stable than uh, Burrow because Burrow will have his ups and his downs. He's not going to be like a 10-point game, but, I mean, he's definitely going to hit somewhere in the high teens, and I'll probably get somewhere in the low 20s, as opposed to Watson where ever since Bill O'Brien's been gone, he's been kind of – a stud again. Uh, so I figured uh, fish could definitely benefit from that. And then um, again, just trying to get as many keepers as possible, because I know going into the off season, I could try to unload some of them for, even if it's a little bit later round picks, it's still better than not having extra picks. Can I just say too how much I absolutely hate <laughs> Dan, how you, you went ahead and got my, my Judy, right? And, and, and you took him and we did that trade and that's, that's fine, well and good. And then you flip him for the one guy that I've been trying to get for weeks on end. <laughs> I've been going after Keenan Allen for, oh, probably three weeks now, just sending, sending Jeff a, a ton of different trade offers. And of course you take Jerry Judy and end up flipping him for that guy. So I was like, dang it, man. But in my defense, Cooper after that. In my defense, it wasn't just Jerry Judy, though. I think that's, that's true. That's I can true. tell you from our counter offers that the guys he was most interested in were T. Higgins and Jonathan Taylor. And gotcha. uh, Judy was more in there. He 
I Jeff did have some sort of a sense of interest in Judy, it felt like. Um, but I had to make sure he was in there because I just couldn't deal with having that many Broncos on my team between Noah Fant, uh, Melvin Gordon, and Jerry Judy. I just could not have all three. The Broncos aren't that good. <laughs> That's like my team with the Cowboys right now. I'm a huge Cowboys fan, I guess. Yeah, because after, <laughs> after our trades, you've got Zeke, Pollard, and Cooper. And uh, yep. lucky me, they're all on a bye this week, so I don't have to even worry about them. My whole team's on a bye this week. <laughs> hey, but you'll probably be best manager of the week because of it. Woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> well, to help with that, uh, to fill your flex spot, there was the one last trade you made with Jeff where you gave him $20 fab for Jalen Rager. So as soon as Christian McCaffrey's marked out, I'm assuming he's going to slot right into your starting right lineup. Yeah, that's the plan. And if for some reason McCaffrey's good to go, then I'll probably just drop Pollard and live on the edge with uh, Zeke for a while. But, um, but yeah, I, I, I really like Jalen Rager. I've liked him ever since college. He was my number one wide receiver um, in like dynasty leagues that I drafted uh, this year. So Dan, you know that cause we're in a couple and even in our other league um, with everybody in it, I think I, I made a, a point to get Rager wherever I could and, it's been rough for him uh, because of injuries and stuff, but I think coming into this back after the season, he's got some good matchups and he could be really good and they face the giants this week. So hopefully he can kind of carry me a little bit this week in, in the flex spot. So, yeah, you know, I was so reluctant to trade Rager too. Like I was just looking at my team and I'm like, he's like the probably one person that's the most expendable just considering of where he's drafted. I think I drafted him in like the seventh or eighth. So I was like, I probably wouldn't keep him out of everybody, so may as well get a little bit of fab. Yeah, he was uh, drafted in the eighth, so he'd be a seventh-round keeper. I was going to say, I could also attest, just like Fisher, Jeff, I know you also really like Rager because we're in a couple dynasty leagues together too, and I think you managed to get him in the one. Did you get him in the one that we're in with Coys? Uh, I will no, I don't. Let me look. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, well, I don't know if you did or not, but I know you you've talked him up a lot. I know you're really high on him and uh, Fisher is upset that you sniped him from him in this draft for the keeper league. Uh, but now he ends up with him anyway. Yeah. I mean, I, I really like Rager just because like when I started watching football, yeah, I have Rager in the other league. Uh, when I started watching football, like really hardcore and like getting into fantasy uh, person I was dating at the time was an Eagles fan. So that was kind of like the team that like I was most watching. So, like, whenever I watch a game or I'm looking, I always look at the Eagles kind of first. Not necessarily saying they're my favorite team, but, I mean, it's just the team naturally that I pay the most attention to. So, um, whenever they kind of had drafts or whatever and I see somebody good, and Fisher definitely talked them up for me. Because I think I was doing a dynasty draft back in, like, June, or late June. And I was like, hey, who should I target? And he kind of gave me a list, like, saying, do these running backs first, then get, like, I think it was Rager, Lamb, and – somebody else in this order I ended up getting like five out of the six people on his list. Uh, yeah. Fisher's just our, our league scout for everyone, but then he shares all his secrets and then gets mad when we listen to him. I know what's wrong with me, right? <laughs> You're going to start giving us fake scouting reports. Yeah. That's what I'll do. That's I don't know I'll why do. this guy dropped the seventh round of the NFL draft, but I swear <laughs> you guys should take him. Guys, I'm telling you. Okay. Kalen Balage is the truth. He's going to totally <laughs> steal Eckler's job in, for the Chargers. He's back down on the practice squad now. For now. We'll see if he gets Ever. activated again. Yeah. 
They but, said, thanks um, for your one week of greatness. Goodbye. Right. So those were the six trades, like the six real trades we had. And so every single one involved our teams. But there was one other trade that's probably the biggest of them all between Jeff and Jambrosa, where each side received $5 fab. Uh, that did count as an actual transaction. So I want to know Jeff's thought process. What went into this trade and who do you think got the better end of the deal? <laughs> so what happened was is Jambrosa sent me an offer because I was like looking to trade Watson. So he sends me an offer and it's Watson for nothing. So I was like, how do I spam him? So what I did is I sent him an offer $5 for $5, thinking that he would just kind of like laugh it off, just decline it. And then he accepted it. I think I got the better end of that deal because I'm laughing more about it. Like, I think I was laughing extremely hard when um, I saw that trade go through to the point where my wife was kind of just staring at me, thinking I was crazy. Yeah, like, you, you really spend this much time laughing at your free league again, Jeff? <laughs> Pretty much. Here's the question, though. Do the different state income taxes, uh, do they change the real value of that offer? I'll have to check between uh, Massachusetts and in Georgia. See, see what that exchange Georgia is. does have state income tax. So, I mean, but it is under like, I want to say $10,000 10, or $1,000. So I don't necessarily have to declare it. Oh, there you go. Yeah, just five bucks. I, don't, I think that's uh, immaterial in most states. Yeah, Mine's well, shinier. Yeah, I was wondering. I was like, did one of them get a $5 bill and the other just got five singles? Uh, there's just a couple different routes you could go with that. So I was happy to see it done. Definitely the highlight trade of the entire year, for sure. Biggest impact. But On the real note, though, Dan, you're going to have to do a full breakdown of where that money is spent, and then, then we'll really get an idea of who won the trade. Oh, yeah, that's right. I'm going to have to go back and see. Um, I think that was processed before waivers, so maybe we can – take a look and see where the first $5 of each team was spent uh, and then evaluate it that way. We'll but, just do a uh, weekly segment checking back each time. Yeah. Speaking of like checking back right before we started, just because I realized how much the three of us trade and that it's kind of like the perfect trio for the trade deadline. And it was all of us for the trades. I took a look into our transactions for this year and our starting rosters. We kind of touched on this a little bit just in chat before but I noticed the only guy that I drafted or had through the draft that's still on my team is Kareem Hunt. He's the only guy. The only guy that J.M. Pincus drafted was Hayden Hurst with the side note that he had the Pats defense in week one and they're still on his team, but he didn't draft them. And the only ones that Fisher drafted were Christian McCaffrey as a keeper and Debo Samuel on his IR. And he also had Jonu Smith and Rodrigo Blankenship in week one, but they weren't drafted. So we've only got two, one to two people we actually drafted on our teams and everyone else was either cut or traded. But I took it a step further. I was curious how many people on our team we had that the other teams drafted. So I want you guys to guess who you think between our three rosters has the most players that the other two teams drafted, if that makes sense. So I've got guys like – I've got guys like – uh, Mike Davis and uh, Tony Pollard, who I'm not sure if he was drafted or not. I know Tom Brady wasn't, so I'm going to guess it's not me. Or knowing my roster, I want to say I have at least three people that uh, that you drafted, uh, Dan. So the person with the most is Fisher. Uh, he's got really? – Yeah, he has four players that Jeff drafted. And those four players Jeff drafted were Zeke, Tony Pollard, Jalen Rager, and Deshaun Watson. 
And then he also has two players I drafted, Calvin Ridley and Amari Cooper. Now, the side note with Zeke, Pollard, and Cooper, all three of them were on all of our teams at one point or another this season. So they, they made the rounds. Then um, the second most is Jay and Pincus. You have five players. Four of them were guys I drafted, and one of them was one Fisher drafted. So Fisher drafted Joe Burrow. And then you have Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, Jonathan Taylor, Jarvis Landry. And I actually did draft Sterling Shepard, but I cut him. Then Fisher – no, then you actually added him, and then I think you cut him. Then Fisher added him and traded him to you. So Sterling Shepard's another guy that's been on all three of our teams. And uh, for me, I've got two of each of your guys. I've got Noah Fant and Keenan Allen drafted by J.M. Pincus, and I've got Devontae Parker and Cam Newton that were drafted by Fisher. And then a side note that I acquired Devontae Adams and Melvin Gordon from Fisher, even though he didn't draft them. Speaking of your Sterling Shepard drafting and then cutting, I've been meaning to just say this for a while. I've got one guy, now that JDGG said he's not trading anymore, that has been haunting me ever since you guys talked me into dropping him right after. I drafted Robbie Anderson in the very last <laughs> round, and you all said, Robbie Anderson's not going to do anything. So I was like, You're, they're probably right. I'm going to drop him. I dropped him, and he's been like the best, one of the best wide receivers in the league, and I'm blaming it on you. I, I can't make if, my own decisions. <laughs> I wonder if he'll actually keep him now or if he's just going to stick. We know he's going to keep DK Metcalf no matter what. No, oh, yeah. just is he going to keep another Seahawk or what? No, I was totally out on Robbie Anderson and totally in on DJ Moore, and I was probably the most wrong I could be on that. So <clears throat> it's funny how things change. I did okay. I did want to shout out Justin Jefferson too, by the way. Um, so Justin Jefferson was drafted by J Mart, but he eventually went to J Pincus. Then Jeff traded him to me. Then I traded him to Fisher, and then Fisher traded him back to Jeff. So he went completely around all three of our teams. <laughs> and the last thing I saw here that I had to bring up was our transactions across the season so far. So Fisher, you have the most total transactions, 66. Um, but Jeff has the most trades. Jeff made 15 trades to your 13. Oh, no. The oh, thing no. is, with an asterisk, because one of those trades that Jeff made was the one with Jambrosa for five bucks. But if you don't include that, he still has outdone you by one trade. Um, and I have 11, so I'm just behind you guys on that. Fisher, you have 40 waiver claims, though, compared to, like, my 21 and Jeff's 12. You have 40 waiver claims. Dang. I have 40 waiver claims. What have I been doing? <laughs> you said since no one will trade you, you'll just trade with the waiver wire. That's true. That's true. I think the quarterback, my quarterback controversy was probably the biggest thing with my waivers is having to constantly drop and then re-pick up quarterbacks and the whole three quarterback thing with five bench players just didn't quite work out the way I was hoping it would. And uh, But now I got it set with uh, Brady and Watson. So Yeah, with Watson, you're set. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was so brutal that that game ended up like it did. Dude, I Last that week. was that was so cathartic for me. I didn't even watch the game. I didn't, want I didn't either. Turning on, <laughs> but that was so. I just felt so vindicated because that's exactly how I have felt that matchup would go all season. It's exactly what happened at the beginning of the year. The Saints are clearly the better team than the Bucks. The Bucks are mediocre. Their offense is nothing special because Brady is nothing special right now. Right now, he's not. 
That's not to say his whole career wasn't special, but Brady is not anything special right now. I honestly think the Bucks would be a better team with Jameis Winston still. Well, hey, I'm glad that I could bring this uh, level of venting to you. You know, sometimes we all <laughs> need to get things off our chest. And, um, oh, don't you go I'm trying always, to take the high road. I'm um, always happy to allow you to do that, even oh, wait, when you are wrong, you know. Who's the culprit? We just had a trade processed. Yeah, Fisher just traded Chambrosa $3 fab for $3 fab just to uh, settle the score with you. So that brings his trade total to 14 and here's to 15. I'm closing the gap. (laughs) There it is. Jambrosa doesn't even know what's going on. He's just going to accept it anyway. (laughs) I know. That's what I love it. He's, he's just as, as big into trades as I am and, and, and as the, the rest of us are. So what we should do is like, I'll take my $5. Jambrosa, Jambrosa can go ahead, take his $5, uh, do a waiver claim for $5 on somebody. And then he could take $3, do a waiver claim for $3. Fish can do a waiver claim for $3 and just see who wins out of most of it and do like a side bet. Like I, loser gets like whatever draft position next year. I like that. Well, the draft position thing, that could be a little bit high stakes, but as long as everyone agrees to it, I mean, that's fine. But no, I kind of like that idea, though. The only problem at this point in the season is, is there someone worth $5 on waivers right now? I don't know. I mean, at this point, I'm just kind of like trying to just do my thing. <laughs> like, yeah, I like that I idea, win, though. If I lose, I have great keepers. <laughs> I say you guys should do that. You just have to get Jambrosa on board since he's the one involved in all these trades. That's my last three dollars, so it would have to be a pretty good bet for me to to just oh, spend it true. that way. Yeah, I have one dollar <laughs> fab left now. We'll see where I Oof. spend that last dollar. But I'll live dangerously. If we're gonna do it, I'll do it. All right, great. Well, that covers all the stats I had on our trades and everything. Uh, do you guys have any trades in the works coming up for the next few days? No, I've got nothing that I'm working on right now. I'm basically. I would like to get another uh, wide receiver, but I would like to – I basically, I would like to upgrade Cooper into a better wide receiver that's not on the Cowboys, but I don't have anything right now. Yeah, on my end, I still – my running backs aren't anything special, but I guess it's going to be good enough. Uh, I mean, Keenan Allen and Devontae Adams at wide receiver for me, I'm feeling pretty comfortable with. Uh, Kareem Hunt actually was doing better with Nick Chubb, so maybe that'll help getting Nick Chubb back. Uh, I've got David Johnson and Duke Johnson, so I've got that backfield, and they're okay. Zach Moss, Melvin Gordon. I think I can get by. We'll see, though. Don't let Melvin Gordon fool you. <laughs> oh, I'm not fooled, but he does have the Raiders this week, and their defense isn't that good. So against the yep, run, and he's going to so. get three carries and one catch for two yards, and you're going to wonder why. One carry for a touchdown. Oh, no, I have Melvin Gordon in another league. I am well aware of how annoying he is. <laughs> okay. So, okay. I'm not expecting anything great. Can I make one – can I point out one thing that yes. I think we all overlooked here? You guys are facing each other this week in the uh, Loners League, right? Correct. And you also are facing each other in the Dynasty League. That is also Correct. Uh, let, let me look at that. Do we? Okay, so like the last four weeks, I've faced the same person in both leagues. Is it not? Is that just a coincidence? Or That's got to be, unless, yeah, unless Jeff did that behind the, the scenes. Because I've actually faced, I think it's been the last four weeks, I've faced the same person in each league. 
Yeah, I am. Uh, well, okay. Tom Brady's projected for 20 points. So that means that he'll actually only get one and I should be able to take him down then. But yeah, you nah, he's, he's revenge game. This one. Fisher's got me on a good week though. Cause I don't have Pat Mahomes. Um, all my receivers have been injured throughout the entire season. And one of my receivers is DJ Moore. And we already kind of touched on that and how that screwed me in like half my leagues this season. But We'll see. I, I've been on a slide recently. I think I did. I start out five and zero, oh, and I've won. I've lost all the last four in the dynasty. I think league. so. Jeez. Yeah. Like like yeah. I've always said, that league is crazy for me because it's basically if I if I want to win, I have to try to lose, and then I'll win, and it's like vice versa. I thought I was tanking, then I went three in a row, and now I'm like, well, maybe I'm not tanking. No, no, I lost two in a row. So. Well, Phonet's uh, pulling at what he did last year. He's already he's still undefeated. He's nine and zero, and he's clinched a playoff spot in the dynasty league already. <laughs> and Sibley is in second at seven and two. So the Americans are not doing too hot in the dynasty league. We just trade too much. We we do too many transactions. I think those guys they just draft it, set it, forget it, and go nine to zero. Yeah. Well. In the dynasty league, in the keeper league, they're both sitting at four and five right now. I think, yeah, yeah, because Sibley just took down Jam Pinkus. That was a close one. Yeah, and I just made another trade. Oh, stop it! <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's an actual, it's a real one though. Yeah, it it's is. a real one. Okay, yeah, we can actually cover that. So Pinkus <laughs> traded away Hayden Hurst for Henry Ruggs, and it works because now. J.M. Pekas does not have a single player he drafted on his team. He has the New England Patriots defense, which he had week one, but they were not drafted. Mission accomplished. <laughs> that was the entire point of that. I just knew somebody would accept that trade. So I was like, I know uh, Jim Brosa was asking me for uh, Fant, and then at one point he's also asking me for Hurst. So I was like, I guarantee I could probably get Ruggs, who – might have some keeper value next year. I don't know. You're collecting all of the rookie wide receivers. So Pretty much. <laughs> you better be able to trade all of them for picks. Otherwise, you're just going to have a really tough decision to make on who you like most. All right. Well, that's going to cover everything I have. Uh, do you guys want to talk about anything else before we go? Uh, no, I, I kind of want to leave this at just talking about trades. I feel like that was definitely fitting for uh, me and Fish. Yeah, no, that was the whole focus of the episode. <laughs> the last one coming out before the trade deadline literally involved all of us and a little bit of Jambrosa here on the side. Yeah, I think it's been a, a so far it's not over yet, but I think it's been a, a really fun trade deadline week. I think it's been super active. So uh, we can keep it at just trades. I'm cool with that. Thanks for having me on and uh, talk to you guys in the chat. Yeah. And maybe I'll see Fisher later for one of our championship episodes. We'll have to see. Oh, you will. You will. I'll see you guys after uh, after week 16. All right. <laughs> Sounds good, guys. You guys both have a good night. Thanks for joining. Yeah, no worries.